All right, episode 51 of Catching a Buzz is here. We're here to talk mostly good things, honestly. Like, this is the first time I've been happy about, like, not happy about recording, but happy about all my teams and what they're doing. I'm not sure if you agree. I mean, you have to agree, right? Yeah, no, there's really, like, nothing. I mean, I I slipped one kind of maybe bad thing in there, but even the thing I slipped in that we'll talk about during NFL really isn't that bad. So overall, I think it's a pretty, like, anything we're going to complain about today is probably just going to kind of be the old man yelling at clouds thing. Yeah, yeah. I I think if if you're going from a scale of 0 to 10, I think we're at a – there's nothing going to be worse than a 5. No, yeah, definitely not. Starting with a pretty much 10 out of 10 is the MLB and the Brewers. They're a fucking wagon right now. It's unreal. The Brewers are awesome, and it's I can't even fucking watch them. If you don't know, I'm in Chicago right now for work, so I can't watch the Brewers. I'm pissed about it. Yeah, that I mean, like I was saying uh, during the spring, that was me at lacrosse. It, it let me tell you, it's very nice to be able to watch the Brewers because, like, it, it's not. It won't, I don't think it's as nice right now because there's NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs going on. It's like they're but down in the dog days. It'll be really nice. Yeah, like pretty much in like what, like three weeks, everything will be done. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, although thinking about it, I actually like. I know, I know, it kind of sucks for. Well, not kind of. It really did suck for the NHL and NBA having to like go to a bubble and then immediately kind of start things back up. Yeah. But for strictly a fan perspective, this is kind of awesome because we are going to go in the middle of July with playoffs and then have MLB only for like a month and then football starts back up. Yes, it's so fucking sick. Instead of like others, instead of just having baseball from middle of June till August, now it's like, it's like, you know, a couple weeks till NFL mini camp or till training camps and college football fall camps start up. Yep. And then you get like the preseason, and then there's just you know everything kind of fires back. I, I there's it no sucked, it sucked during COVID, but now that we reap the reap the benefits of COVID, I'm kind of happy. Yeah, like all things considered, this is kind of a nice way to bring things back. I know like this is the only time it's gonna happen because they're probably just gonna go right back to the way things were. Yeah, but. I don't know. Would it be that bad of a move for the NBA and NHL to just kind of shorten their season and start later and kind of keep doing this? It would be better for the NBA, not for the NHL. Yeah, yeah. That's NBA, probably- NBA needs to be 50 games max. Well, in NBA, like, who's watching the first, like, four months anyway? Because they exactly. start on, like, Halloween. Yeah, they, they should. I've, I've said this before on the podcast. It should be. You you start at Christmas and you go until whenever you go to it. It shouldn't be the first month a month and a half of games when you start November. That's not like nobody's watching those games. The first I don't think game I watch the, an NBA game till Christmas. The first game every single even NBA fans watch is Christmas, right? Because one, nothing matters anyway, and two, there's football on. Yeah, exactly. Like, what what are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah, so yeah, you know what? That's the official stance of this podcast. NBA, do not start till Christmas. Shorten the season. You don't need 82 games. Yep. I know LeBron's been complaining about it, which you know I don't really agree with his complaint. But hey, 
the face of the sport's been complaining about <laughs> it. So push it, shorten the season, start it later, get rid of the dog days of summer in terms of sports. Yep. Uh, but we're going to skip NBA for now. We're going to go Brewers. They've won nine of their last 10. It's been awesome to watch because, like, there was a maybe like eight game, 10 game stretch where I was like, oh, I fucking hate the Brewers. They stink. They're terrible. And now we're on a roll. Yelich is starting to hit. Kesson Hira came back and he's starting to hit. We've won nine out of the last 10, averaged eight and a half runs per game. Oh, wait, no, that was the previous year. Uh, anyway, we're, we're fucking playing well and it's awesome to watch, even though I can't really watch. I watch on Twitter. Yeah, and that's, you know, with baseball, because there's 162 games, I don't think that's the worst way to do it. Obviously, I know it sucks not being able to watch a single game. Uh, but, hey, at least the news you're getting on Twitter is good news. Yeah, and it, it's so fucking frustrating because I go to, like, bars around here, and it's like, Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. And I'm like, the Cubs stink. They just got swept by the Brewers. They're six and a half games back or wherever they are for the NL Central. Like, I was, I took solace. Is, is that the right word? Solace? Solace? Solace, yeah. Like, solace. I, I, it's one of those words I've never really known it's what like, it means, it's like but I know how to use it's, it. It's like refuge. Right. Yeah, like I know how to use it. I just never really knew yeah. like for I, sure what it meant. I took solace in the fact that I could watch the Brewers for three games because the Cubs are playing them. And we won all three. And we fucking swept them. What a fucking series for the Brewers. And we're not even like truly to full potential. We aren't. It it's we are not hitting the way we should. I mean, we're hitting decent. We came back from seven nothing down in the first inning the other game. And we're not even hitting the true potential, but we won 15 to seven. So like if the hitting can catch up with the pitching, this team is world series bound and world series winner easily. Yeah. I uh, looked cause I was curious. So I looked at ESPN's uh, MLB power rankings that were updated. <clears throat> and I think they're updated like today or yesterday. You want to know what the brewers were? I bet you ESPN had them like 10. Yeah. It was like nine. Fuck. Fuck every media media outlet for sports because they don't fucking respect small market teams. Fuck them. No, clearly the first take does not respect a small market. First take, wake up. Everything on ESPN stinks now. They stink. Remember when ESPN was awesome? Like it was the coolest thing ever and now it stinks? Yeah, the, the, those were the good old days when everything on ESPN was just money across the board. And then they had to switch the sports center set to something cooler, more modern. It was cooler when it was the fucking old school shit. Yeah, just a couple people sitting there talking sports highlights. <laughs> yeah, and they actually we'll get into this. Uh we'll get into it right now because I want to talk about it right now. Um, the old ESPN cared more about the anchors and their personalities. Now they only care about the results and the scores and everything. Like, I don't want to watch two random people talk about sports on ESPN Sports Center when I don't care who they are. Like, I, I don't know half the ESPN sports anchors anymore. Yeah, that actually is a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Like, even um, uh, Ken with Kenny, Met, like, people didn't like him because they thought, like, he just kind of, like, tried too hard or whatever. I yeah. thought Kenny Maine was awesome. He was so underrated. Because he would just, like, drop a joke that nobody, like, he he even knew wasn't funny. Yeah. Like, it just hit every time. Like, I remember my freshman year of college, we get back from the bars, 
And, uh, well, you know, I guess it wouldn't have been the bars because, you know, I wasn't 21 and that would be illegal. House party. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Dry where, house where the, party. Where, the, where there was no alcohol. Yes, for sure. Yep. Dry house party. Just everybody hanging out and being friends. And, uh, you know, how uh, ESPN just reruns Sports Center all night yep. long yep. after SB, SVP's done. I literally just died listening to Kenny Mayne say Hawaii beat UMass on review yep. for like it's an awesome. entire segment. It was awesome. And now it stinks. Yeah. And now it's just like, okay, like you're kind of, it's just like all the same people. It's like they're like, they just somehow got robots there or something. It's fuck ESPN. Either way, the MLB all-star game starters were announced this week. Um, no brewer starters which is kind of upsetting because, I mean, it makes sense because we've gotten hot late into the season. Like, not late into the season, but, like, late before the All-Star break. It makes sense that the Brewers aren't on there. But, like, also, we're pretty much the best team in baseball, and we have zero starters. Yeah, well, and like we talked about earlier, it is hard just because we don't have, like, one bona fide star right now that's like doing everything. Obviously, we have a star with Yelich, but like he's not doing Yelich things right now. Yeah, like it's just kind of a collective like group effort. Like everybody's just kind of carrying each other. Yep. Instead of which, realistically, like yeah, that's a good thing. But yeah, it kind of sucks being uh, gonna be like I think like the second or third team to fifty wins. Yeah, and we don't don't get a single All Star starter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it just I, I it bothers me so much how they do the All Star game. Like, if you have if you have a shit team and nobody's playing well, you shouldn't have an All Star player. And and this is getting into reserves and starters as well. Um, but if you have a shit team and nobody's playing well, why do you even have? They make this rule. You should have a star, you you should have a player on every all star team. So every every team in the MLB has a player on the all star team. It doesn't matter if they start or they're reserve. But it bothers me. It it didn't. I ref, I'll or I'll rephrase this. It bothered me right now because like the Brewers are good, and they can have starters on the all star team, and they they can have reserves. But when the Brewers were shit, like we shouldn't have had Carlos Lee on the all star team in 2008 or whatever it was, but they require at least one person from every team on the all-star game. And I'm like, what, what, what are we doing here? The NBA doesn't do that. That NHL doesn't do that. What, what MLB is kind of a pussy ass bitch. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and shit talking the MLB will kind of get into our next little bit here, but it is weird. Like nobody really cares. Like nobody's going to be that upset if they're the, like, I don't think any Diamondbacks fans yeah. are going to be pissed that they didn't get a player into the all-star game when they're the worst team in baseball. You're at Diamondbacks, and I like, I was thinking at least four Diamondbacks where I was like, that's the team where I want to go after. I was like, they shouldn't have an all-star. Fuck Mad Bum. Fuck everybody. Like, yeah, like in your, you know, almost 30 games back of the first team, uh, that's of the Giants who are first in the MLB and we're just hitting the halfway point. <laughs> like they are literally on pace for 40, like 43 wins. Yeah. I looked at the MLB standings the other day and I was like, there are some teams down bad in number oh, one. Oh yeah. Arizona. There are some, like there are some 
terrible teams in the MLB. And they're like, okay, we'll put an all-star in the game for you. Why? You guys stink. Yeah, like the Pirates, 22 games under 500. Uh, the Orioles. Uh, a billion games under 500. Yeah, a lot. I don't even feel like doing the math. The Diamondbacks, a bunch. I don't even know if I did the Pirates math right. But either way, yeah, those three teams on their own stink. Stink. Okay. <laughs> to be completely transparent with all of you and Jake White, pretty much mostly Jake, um, I have been using stink more in the past week than I have in my entire life. Same with Buddy. I, I, I adopted a new vocabulary down here. And I'm not even like down here. I'm just like hanging out with my friends. But stink and buddy are my two favorite words. The pirates stink. Everybody, well, they're bad. They're so like, remember that fucking Javi Baez Cubs highlight? Oh, that was that, that was <laughs> tough. That, that was one. so tough. <laughs> that one was so bad. And that's like the, the video where you're like, hey, the pirates really stink. Well, you know what's funny about talking about all these bad teams is we're talking about how the Brewers have won nine in a row. You know who our last loss was to? Pirates? Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah, it was the Diamondbacks. What did we take, two out of three out of that series? Yeah, we've lost the first one, won the next two. Fuck the Diamondbacks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Moving on from the bad teams, we we got the good young talent, huh? Good young talent, huh? You can we go. got uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Cunha, Otani, a bunch of young guys under like t- all under 26 years old, looking like the future of baseball. They're all all-star uh, starters. And you know what? The MLB has a prime opportunity to grow the game and highlight these young superstars they have, yep. and they're probably going to ruin it. I don't know how, but they're going to. Well, and the problem with – the MLB over the past couple of years is they don't license any videos out to any like Twitter creators, Facebook creators. It used to all have to come from the MB or uh, from the MLB. They're getting a little bit better with it right now, but it's also like, I can't, there, there's no videos. If it isn't from MLB or Bally sports, Wisconsin, I can't retweet anything from the Brewers because they're like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't from us. They, they And it's they, the dumbest thing. They have royally fucked growing the game. Like, growing the game's like a hashtagging right now because it's like a joke. Like, you can't grow the game because the MLB stinks. If I was Vlad Guerrero Jr., Tatis Jr., Acuna, Acuna, Otani, Trout, anybody, Yelich, I'd be fucking pissed at them because, quote-unquote, America's pastime. It can't be America's – it's America's pastime, but you can't, like, grow it into the 21st century if you're not letting people fucking repost shit. It fucking pisses me off. And they've gotten a a little bit better with it, but it's like, what are you – what are you trying to hold – are you trying to hold people back for not posting shit? Like, I don't get it. Right, like, there is no harm in letting people, like, make their own, like, MLB content. Yes, it, it makes no sense to me. And I'm pretty sure it makes no sense to anybody, but it's just. Do you think Manfred like knows he's probably the most disliked commissioner? He ha- nah, Roger. But like, okay, as far as like a 
As far as a player standpoint, Roger is the worst. As far as a media standpoint, Manfred's the worst. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, I don't think Goodell is necessarily doing that much that's, like, detrimental to his own sport. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that's true. But, like, also, Manfred, like, you got to figure out. I feel like the thing that pisses me off about Manfred is he's living in the fucking 80s. He doesn't know what's going on. Well, and, like, within the last two years, you have the Astros scandal. And then you have all the talk about how the MLB secretly juiced the balls. And then yep. they secretly deaden the balls. And now they're cracking down on sticky substances. And then the whole time, they're just kind of not, like, doing anything that is beneficial to the growth of their sport, which is, yep. uh, I, I don't want to say crashing because, like, baseball is not crashing as a sport. But it's definitely not gaining any ground on, for sure, the two pro sports ahead of it, NFL and MLB. Like, they're just not doing NFL, anything. NFL, NBA. What did I say? NFL, MLE. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all right. Um, no, but for hey, sure. Hey, it's late. Shout yeah, out to it, us. Yeah, we are recording late. Uh, shout out to us. Um, also... The MLB came into this problem where it was like, hey, we're hitting too many home runs after they juiced the balls. They said, okay, we got to fix this. So they add higher threads to the balls and they juice the balls and they're like, okay, home runs are really cool. Uh, Strikeouts are really cool. And now they're cracking down on this whole fucking sticky shit. Like how are pitchers supposed to compete with batters if they can't use sticky shit? I know we've talked about this, in, like, I think we talked about this last episode, but, like, what are we doing here? Let, if you want to juice the balls to see more home runs, juice the balls, but let the pitchers hop on the sticky shit. It, Man, Rob Manfred is the most bipolar human being of all time. Has to be. Yeah, just swings back and forth on the pendulum and, like, can't make up his mind of the direction he wants to go. Yeah, like, you want to see home runs and grow the game by home runs? Let them fucking hit home runs. Don't deaden the balls. Well, and that's what I'm saying, but, like, this is all just happening, like, rapidly. Yeah. It's and just it's, back and forth, back and forth, mega change, mega change. Like, I don't think – I'm not sure if he – like, I don't think he knows what route he wants to take the game. The best thing in sports right now is umpires checking position players for sticky shit. That's the best thing in MLB. Oh, right it's now. Uh, it's the wildest. <laughs> when you when you're down eighteen to two, and a position player comes on to pitch, you're checking that shit for sticky tape or whatever the fuck you're using. Fuck you, Rob Manfred. Fuck you, all the umpires. It makes no fucking sense. Why would a position player have sticky shit on his hand or his brim of his hat or on the baseball? You're down. Yeah, he's just to throwing two. lobs. Yeah, we're throwing sixty mile an hour pitches. What are you fucking doing? All right, like. <laughs> And they've checked multiple players. Like it's been, it's been like at least three that have gotten checked position players. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, baseball's dumb. Baseball stinks. That's where we're moving on to the NBA. The second most stinkiest sport in the whole entire fucking universe. Um, the Bucks won a game today. Well, they, they've won three games, but like this was the most important game in the entire series. Game five, you're tied two to two. You're in Milwaukee. You cannot lose this game. No matter if you have Giannis or not, we won the fucking game. I was happy about that. 
Oh, yeah. Like everybody knew, like it didn't matter. Obviously, we did. We don't have one of the best players in the world. Does that suck? Yes. But, you know, if you assume that we have a good enough team to win a championship, you got to be able to win certain games without Giannis. You hope that's only in the regular season. Uh, but, you know, it's playoffs. It happens. They, they had Trey Young out and they beat us last time. Yep. So you knew it was an important game. I felt confident we were going to win. But, like, not the way we did. Like, not even just based on, like, we beat them by 11. You know, it was kind of a blowout when you were watching the game. Like, it didn't really feel close. Yeah. Just the way it was kind of spread around the entire starting lineup. But then also that it was pretty much just the starting lineup. Yeah. I I got two things to say. One is we're going to go through the, uh, the key players tonight. Brooke Lopez was 33 and 7 on 14 of 18 field goals huge game for him he hasn't stepped up in the last like at least two years of playoffs really and he was throwing down tonight yeah bobby portis goes 22 8 and 3 drew holiday goes 25 6 and 13 chris middleton 26 13 and 8 the starter scored 111 out of 123 points that makes a little bit of sense because bobby portis has been our bench scoring for most of the series um but I would like to say, does this team play more like a team without Giannis? I I mean, I don't think so. I think it was just a lot of like, hey, like everybody kind of collectively knew, like we all have to step up. I think it could be more of like trying to let Giannis, you know, knowing that he's one of the best players in the NBA and kind of letting him go and do that. And yeah, but but you think about it, Brooke Lopez scored maybe six points before this game in the entire series from the paint. Well, I think that's also a little bit just a different style of play. Like when you have a player like Giannis, he's going to do a lot of work in the paint. So you don't really well, want to yeah. have Brooke clogging no, I, that up. I, I get that, but it's like. Brooks should probably be in the paint for most of the fucking game. If he gets a kick out three, that's cool. But it's like Brooke. I feel like Brooke feels uncomfortable in the paint when Giannis is in the game, and I hate that because you can run a two fucking low post tandem. You can, but Brooke doesn't feel like he has to because Giannis is taking it from the free throw line and he's fucking driving, and then Brooke kicks out and he misses a three. So. Brooke, great today, but it just felt like when Giannis comes back, it's not going to be as great. When when I guarantee you, uh, actually, don't guarantee you, but I'm close to guaranteeing you that Brooke plays better without Giannis than he does with Giannis. Yeah, I mean, well, one, I guess it's hard to look at because, like, you know, how many games are we going to have without Giannis? Hopefully yeah. not too many, but I don't think anybody's confident he's going to be back for the next game. And if we that doesn't go our way, probably not even game seven. If we play game seven, he's going to play. You, you think so? Yeah. He looks I just fine. think it's, like, I think like it's he, a tough spot because, like, with Trey, like, Trey, I don't feel like – like, his injury is, like, what is it, like a deep bone bruise? Yeah. Like, that's something uh, kind of like in Miracle when he asks the doc, like, hey, is it going to get yeah. any worse if he plays? I yeah. don't think Trey's can get worse. So like, I'm going to guess that he's going to gut it out and play game six. But I feel like with Giannis's, like, wouldn't you want to be a little bit more cautious? I know they said there was no 
like tendon uh, damage or anything like that, but still like. I think you got to be more cautious about Giannis, but compared to Trey, but also like hyperextension. Thank God, first of all, thank God that it wasn't a, a tear, any anything structural like that, like ACL, MCL. But you got to think that if it's game seven and you're trying to get the NBA finals for the first time with Giannis, with this whole core of core of team, you got to think game seven Giannis is playing, right? Yeah, maybe playing, but just definitely not playing, you know, 42 minutes. Yeah. And maybe that, you know, maybe it's a good thing for this team to have gotten a, like, maybe if we don't play Giannis as much, we can kind of go with this lineup where Brooks down low and we got Bobby in there and, um, you know, maybe get a little bit more out of the bench. But I, I don't know. I'll definitely be nervous the whole time the next time Giannis plays, whether that's game seven or whether that's in the finals. Yep. Uh, we got game six. What is it, Saturday? Or are we skipping the day? I believe it is Saturday. Okay, so Saturday, July 3rd is going to be game six. I mean, if you're Coach Bud, you have to be preaching, just close it out right now, right? Like, there's no way you're like, oh, we should, we got to win one of the next two. It should be close it on game six. Yeah, that's obviously the goal. I mean, you know, the Nets saw what happened when you let a team get to a game seven. Anything can happen in a game seven. Like, that's just the known thing. Uh, but, yeah, closing it out in Atlanta without Giannis, especially if they have Trey Young, that would be huge. The thing that I really loved about today, if you guys watch game five in Milwaukee, is that this is the first time, I think, in the entire series that we actually got off to a hot start. Yeah, led it led sets the uh, fucking tone. Yeah, they what? I heard it on the radio today. They led from tip to buzzer, led the entire game. Kind of just yeah, had control the entire time. And we saw in game, what was it, 4, what can happen when it goes the other way. Without Trey Young, yeah. Right, even with Giannis in, it still wasn't a good game and then obviously no. as soon as he got hurt, the floodgates just kind of opened. But yeah, the start of the game can be so important. Like, so, like if you go down 15 early, you're going to come – like, most NBA teams come back, right? But in the playoffs, the Bucks can't do that. They, like, they did in game three. Obviously, we won game three. We were down, like, 25 to 10 or something. But it was like – that's an anomaly. You have to start well. And I don't think if – I don't know if Bud can, like, coach a team to start well. Because every time I've watched the Bucks in the last three – that's going to sound contradictive – the last three playoffs I've watched for the Bucs, we started out slow 80% of the time. And it's annoying as shit. Yeah, no, that that's probably one of my biggest, like, not pet peeve, because obviously nobody likes I hate Coach it, Bud. But, like, starting slow has got to be the most frustrating thing when you're watching your team. Coach Bud stinks. All right, here's my next topic. What happens when we win the title? I think you fire Coach Bud. Stop. That's not happening. Obviously not realistic, but I just hate the dude so much. I don't think he's a good playoff coach. He's a great regular season coach. You don't fire him. I just hope we don't extend him. And that's like, it's so funny how everything switched because during the Nets series, everybody was saying, yep, we're going to lose this series and it's time to get rid of Coach Bud. And now, like, hopefully Giannis can come back healthy. We can close out the Hawks. 
And it's looking like we'd have a good shot to win the title. Yeah. Then we get him for another year. Fuck. Speaking about the title, the Suns win. uh, I don't know why you you quoted in four. Suns in four. You're a Suns in four guy? Well, you're, you're telling me you haven't seen the Suns in four stuff? Oh, you're talking about Suns in four guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're in the NBA Finals. They just beat the Clippers in game six in L.A. Um, Paul George actually put up a fight. I didn't think he would. After after Kawhi goes down, I thought, oh, they're just going to roll over to the fucking Suns. But they put up a fight. They won a couple games. Four to two final, final score of the series. Chris Paul obviously not there for, I think, was it all the games or was it the first? Well, he for sure played uh, game, he ga- six. He played game six. He like played game crying six. in the post game. Yeah, I wasn't sure about game five. I thought he only missed like one and two. No, he missed the th- he missed game three in LA. Oh, okay. Then yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just played five he, and six. He he missed multiple games, but Chris Paul gets to gets to his first NBA Finals. Super shout out to him because, I mean, he's been the for me the best point guard in the league for probably the last ten years. I don't know about that. Who's a better point guard? Uh, Stephen Curry. Yes, I agree with you. But the only problem is, is I always think of him as just a shooter. So I'm like, oh, he can't be a point guard, right? That's the problem I have with Steph Curry. So I'm like, well, he's... and okay, okay. To agree with you, um, I know people would prefer if we argued a little bit more, but I'm going to give you a point that I would agree with. Maybe if you were looking at like the classic point guard the, the perspective, classic pass first point guard. Right, then sure, but you're asking me who the best point guard over the last 10 years is. I'm saying Stephen Curry, and he I hasn't even his, been doing it for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, to, to be fair, you're you're correct. Um, I watched this YouTube video the other day that was like uh, they were describing or they were they were telling us who the best shooter from each spot on the floor was, like low post, left and right, elbows left and right, corners, three-point shooters or whatever. And Chris Paul has been the best shooter over the past 10 years from the uh, elbows slash long twos in the entire NBA for the past 10 years. And I watched the game yesterday with the Suns, and I was like, oh, shit. He went to the elbow. He's going to make it. And he made it every single time. He makes long twos more than anybody in the entire league. It's awesome to watch. I didn't realize it until now. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch for that because, yeah, I would not have pegged Chris Paul – to be just spot up from the elbows. Yeah, uh, he, he's ridiculous. He'll pull off a ball screen. He'll go to the elbow or like a couple feet back, and he'll fucking make everything. He made probably, I don't know, I didn't count, but like it was like at least 12 shots yesterday from the fucking high elbow, and it was ridiculous. It was awesome to watch, and I didn't even realize it until now. Yeah, I Chris, Chris Paul's goaded. I am definitely going to have to watch for that. It's also weird how, like, he's just been revitalized this year. Okay. Like, the last no, couple... No, 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 no. What do you mean? I You didn't let me finish. I was going to say, like, the last couple years, I feel like everybody... I guess what I should have said is his, like, legacy or, like, media... The media has been revitalized. That, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, over okay. the last couple of years, it's just kind of been like, oh, like... He's on bad teams and he's not really doing much. And all of a sudden, everybody just fell in love with him again. Yeah. And I, and I think that was, 
I don't know. It's, he was on OKC last year. OKC is a hard team to root for because, like, they're not getting much media attention. But that dude turned that team from, what, two games below 500 to, like, eight games above 500 in one year with a young-ass team. Uh, I've said this before on the podcast. I think Chris Paul should have won more MVPs. He is literally the most valuable player on every team he plays for for the last, like, 12 years. He makes everybody better, and it pisses me off that he hasn't gotten more votes and whatever. I'm not even sure if he's won an MVP or not. I don't think he has, but it's like, what are we doing here as far as Chris Paul makes every single team he's on better? Like, that's the point of the MVP, most valuable player. This dude is valuable as shit to every single team he plays for, and we're finally seeing it with the Suns because he's finally making a championship run, but like Lob City wouldn't have been Lob City without Chris Paul. OKC was Shea Gilgis Alexander, and that was it with Chris Paul. They went fucking 51 and 40, whatever, with Chris Paul in OKC with a shit team. I love Chris Paul, and I'm a huge Chris Paul stan. I fucking hate that he doesn't get the recognition he should. Yeah, I could not have, uh, through this last five minutes, could have fooled me that you were a big Chris Paul guy. Heck off. No, but uh, just one more thing before we move on to NHL. The MVP in every sport is just a weird award. It's the worst. It's not because when you the think about like player, most valuable, not. like you could argue for the last 10 years, LeBron James should have gotten the MVP. He should have won it 14 times because like he is the most valuable player in the NBA. Besides the last two with AD. Right. That's 50 50. But right. He but is like it's, it's such a weird award, and I know they can't just give it to the best player every year, but yeah. it's just weird when you really think about it. Oh, yeah, I agree 100% because, like, like you said, LeBron should have won it the last billion years. Uh, Mike Trout has won, has been winning his, but like, it's not really as much as like nobody gives Mike, Mike Trout credit for like how well he does in a shit market with a shit team. He bats 380 every fucking year. It's the MVP is the worst award in sports. That's why the MVP, Nickelodeon valuable player, whatever the fuck it is, is the best best award in sports. Oh, it did go to Michigan. <laughs> That's true, but that was a troll job. That what that is true. That is true. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on to NHL right now because the Canadians are in the NHL Stanley Cup playoff finals. But they're down 2-0 to the Lightning. Fuck the Lightning. Yeah, it's not looking good as of right now for those boys from Montreal. I, th- I think they ran out of magic. They might have. However. Might, but, however. They were everybody's th- been saying that for the last two months. They were, yeah, they were down 3-0 or 3-1 to the Toronto Maple, Leaf, Maple Leafs. Obviously came back to win that series. Um but it just seems like the lightning are overpowering them. And I said that last series too. I said Vegas was going to overpower the Canadians, but the Canadians won. So if I say it right now, does that mean the Canadians are going to win again? I hope so. Well, yeah, because I think every, like nobody, you know, it's kind of like how uh, I think I said this last time, how like everybody says every year, Oh, is this year Tom Brady falls off and he never does. Yep. Everybody's been saying the Canadians are done and they're just not. So maybe they're going to turn this thing around and pull it off. Do I doubt it? Yeah. Yes, but they got to. 
Obviously, they have to win one in Montreal. They're playing in Montreal, right? Uh, yeah, they just got denied two got for more fans. Oh, fuck that shit. Obviously, they have to win one in Montreal, but I think they're going to win two. I think they are. You think they're going to even it up? I think so. So here's the deal. I know this is completely bullshit. It's a cop-out answer. But if the Montreal Canadiens score the first goal in game three in Montreal, they win both games. I think that if they don't score the first goal, they probably get swept. You know what I'm looking forward to? Huh? When they when they score the first goal, lose that game like five to one, oh, and then no. lose like five nothing fuck in game off, four. Fuck off. <laughs> no, my boy Cole Caulfield wouldn't let that happen. He's tied for the team. Uh, he's tied for third on the team in playoff points right now. He is. He makes me happy. And I don't want. I don't want that to sound creepy or anything, but he makes me happy. Yeah, no, it is awesome. Like any anytime I see Spit and Chicklets post about Cole Caulfield and Gold Caulfield, it makes me happier than most things. Yeah, well, like because it's just like one of the best things when you see a player from your like college that you root for succeeding in the pros, whether that's somebody like when Melvin Gordon was going off or when Monty Ball was going off or when Decker and Kaminsky got drafted. Now we have Cole Caulfield and Jonathan Taylor. It's just awesome. It's awesome. And like, I can't even really describe it because I see Jonathan Taylor for the Colts rushing for 240 yards in a game. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Like Wisconsin guy. It's something else about, I know, I know Sam was from Sheboygan, but like having the hometown kid from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And they're always sure to mention that because like, I don't know, on every single broadcast, they're like, oh, Cole Caulfield, same point. It's something else, something different about the Wisconsin factor that makes me undeniably the happiest man in the entire world. And it's like, I keep on saying it's like, but it is like, it's a, it's a hometown guy. It's like a guy you rooted for your entire life. I don't know if it's the hockey factor because when there's Wisconsin hockey players that make the NHL, I follow them, but I don't really like engage with them. I don't follow them on anything. Like it's cool if they cool if they win, but Cole Caulfield's the first person where I'm like, Hey, he was at school the same time I was that sick as fuck. Yeah. That's what I was going to say next is it's kind of funny how there have been Badger hockey players that have gone to the NHL. Maybe none of them have just had, well, no, there's been plenty that have had the success he's had. Yeah. Uh, But like, yeah, for some reason, everybody's kind of getting attached to Cole Caulfield. It also might be about the hype though, because like, the Canadians have been waiting for a goal scorer, scorer for so long that it's like, oh, this dude's the answer. And when your guy that you knew from college is the answer, that's sick as fuck. Well, yeah, because, you know, there probably wasn't as much hype around like Chelios or McDonough or whoever. Yeah. They're great um, players, but it's just not as much hype around them. I'm not sure even when they got drafted. Even if they got drafted before Caulfield, I'd still feel this, this weird like kinship to Caulfield. Yeah, and there's def. I was gonna say probably, but it's definitely recency bias. But yes, that's sports. That's sports, hundred percent. Uh, but anyway, I'm predicting. Oh, let's do let's do a quick prediction. 
I'm going. Fuck, I have to. I have to go fucking Canadians because I would feel like shit if I didn't. I'm going Canadians in seven. Lightning in five. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was gonna be my go-to, but I was like, I have since I talk so much shit about like how much I love the Canadians now that Caulfield Caulfield's on them. I have to go Canadians, but if I didn't go Canadians, it would be Lightning in five. Can I get two correct in a row? Last year I had lightning in six over the stars. This That's year I'm question. going lightning in five. That's the fucking question. People are wondering. People are wondering. Up next, we got NCA football and NCA sports in general. Talking about NIL, national image and likeness. Name, image, and likeness. Ah, fuck. Whatever it is. You go first. Yeah, so uh, name, image, and likeness, I guess, benefits, if you want to call it that, uh, kicked off today. The NCAA passed a rule that they will allow players to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. We knew this was coming, though. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't a surprise that it was starting today. It just started, you know, today was the day. Uh, one thing I think is interesting from it is the rules you cannot, like, uh, like Graham Mertz cannot make money off a picture of him in Wisconsin like year. Wait, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's like a rule that you can't use your school's branding. So you have to, to be completely you. solo. Yeah, you that's kind of hard. So like Trevor Lawrence could have done whatever he wanted, but he couldn't have been wearing like a Clemson T-shirt when he did it. Huh. That's weird. It's very weird, but it is pretty exciting to just see, like, for example, Graham Mertz now has a, his own trademark logo, uh, now has a merch line. The logo stinks. Yeah, I'm not in love with it. A, 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 lot, of, a lot of the merch he has, I, I talked to Whitey before this, and I said I was going to spend a whole paycheck on Graham Mertz gear. Um, a lot of his apparel is awesome. His logo stinks. It's terrible. Kind of gives GameCube vibes, though. You know what vibes it gives me? It gives me um, GM Golf, if you've ever heard of them. No. Okay. Uh, he's, he's a YouTube uh, this dude named Garrett. Um, it gives me the same fucking vibes. And I like, the, I like the guy that does the YouTube, but I don't like his logo. And that made me automatically not like uh, Graham Merch's logo. It, it does give me GameCube vibes, but not in a good way. Okay. Well, uh yeah, so I was like, I was reading an article today on ESPN. It was one of those like interactive things they do, and they project that like all Americans in money making sports are gonna can make like five hundred thousand to a million dollars a year. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I saw a estimation of what Reggie Bush would have made. Um, it was three to five million dollars a year. And they're taking away his fucking. They took away his fucking Heisman for earning three hundred thousand dollars for autographs and shit. Well, and he's got a good point when he called out the NCAA. Like, yeah, he did a violation, but he didn't cheat. No, yeah, that's the thing that's always pissed me off. Like a lot of Ohio State players, I don't, I don't, can't name the names, but like took money for autographs. Why does it fucking matter? Like, who gives a shit? You're not getting paid to play somewhere. You probably okay. I rephrase this. You probably got paid to play, but nobody's giving a shit about that right now. Well, and I think another thing that'll be nice is like pay, like universities still can't pay players. 
So I think there's a chance we'll see less of that kind of under the table shit going on. Yeah. Instead of that, you're going, Hey, we have a huge following on social media or even that, or like just players knowing like, Hey, I can go somewhere and make a name. If I make a name for myself, like it doesn't really matter what, you know, benefits or anything I'm getting because I can now make my own money and not have to worry about getting suspended and uh, just shunned by the NCAA. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure about other schools, but I've noticed at least four or five badgers that have come out with their own, like either logo or, or brand or something like that. And that's super cool to me. I'm glad that they're taking advantage of it. It's just a little weird to me. Like I'm a little, little old school as far as this shit goes i'm gonna have to adapt but i think it's cool as shit that that players are being able to do this well it's just crazy how like everybody is just like swarming to it like universities have been having classes today with their players like hey this is how you can market yourself this is how you can get the most out of your brand uh, Dave Portnoy and Barstool just randomly decided, hey, <laughs> we're going to start taking on athletes and like sponsor athletes. So that's blowing up. They got like fucking 50 guys, 50 yeah, guys it, and girls. It's awesome. Like everybody is just kind of already taking advantage of it. Well, yeah. And I've seen it, uh, Bo Nix has a sweet tea sponsorship. Really? Yeah. And then I saw a video <laughs> of Alabama fans having that same brand of sweet tea in their fridge and dumping it out. it's funny because like you go you you flip the switch it's an a completely hey you cannot do this ever to take advantage of everything you can in like less than an hour you have to figure that shit out i mean people have this shit planned but it's like you flip the switch and the nca all of a sudden is like hey this is cool like you guys can do this that's the thing that pisses me off is they were so against it. And now they're so for it. What well, another thing that's kind of funny is like, I've seen a few players. Uh, I think it was uh De'Ara King quarterback at Miami and Mackenzie Milton now quarterback at Florida state, who was quarterback at UCF have started a business. That's literally just helping other players with their name, image and likeness. Really? Yeah. It's kind of sick. Yeah. Like it's just kind of cool seeing how, like all these athletes probably had these ideas in their head, but we're like, yeah. Oh, maybe I once mean, I'm done playing or something yeah. and now they can just run with it. I mean, Graham Mertz had a fucking apparel line full of 40 t-shirts and fucking 80, 80 pretty much apparel items ready to go. And I knew he had like, I know that he knew that the NIL was coming, but like, also you got to think that most players in the NCAA were like ready to either go for the pros and and use their apparel and their logos and everything. If they had that ready for the for the pros, like, hey, we can just use this in in, in the NCAA right now. And it's that's sick as fuck. Well I, like it's also cool like they can do camps and stuff like yeah. Graham Mertz and the Badgers receivers could just run their own like uh what like Graham Mertz, Kendrick Pryor passing academy. Two hundred bucks a head. Yeah, and just have youth kids come and have them run like seven on seven and stuff like that. There's just so many cool avenues that can come from this. Like, I'm pretty excited just to see really just like the creativity and like all the ideas that people have had and now get to capitalize on. I also think it's going to be like good for college football or college sports in general in the sense of like 
there were there will be less pressure to go pro when you're probably Earlier. not ready. Yeah. Just 100%. so you can secure some money. Yeah, because like I, I know I've seen a lot of people like a, a lot of players on like NFL draft night where it's like, oh, we we grew up in poverty. Like I had to go pro so we can get some money for the family. Like you can now earn money because of what you do in college, not only the pros. And that's always been so awesome to me. Like, I guess not always, but like, it's awesome for players that grew up in lower class families to get a scholarship to play football or play basketball or play whatever. It's been awesome to me. Like, that's so sick. Like, cause you know, that dude wouldn't have been able to afford college. So they're getting an education. They're able to do with what they love. Now they can even benefit more because of this NIL. And it's like, to your point, hundred percent, like if, if a guy grew up in, in a low income household and it's his sophomore year of college basketball, he doesn't have to force himself to go try out for a team and then get put in G league and then get bounced in two years. He has another year, another two years to develop while he's still making money or he or she that's awesome to me. That I think that's one of the biggest points of this whole NIL thing. Well, and another cool thing I thought about it, you know, obviously everybody likes to hate on the NCAA and hate on the fact that it took them this long. NCAA stinks. One rule I do like that they allowed is that they are also allowing athletes to basically have an agent. Yeah. So you can have some, like, it's not like you just have, like, you can hire a like marketer for yourself you could hire like a market yep. an agent whatever you i think it's just all like, yourself and figure it out yourself right like they're not just completely saying hey you want to make money go figure it out like they're yeah somewhat allowing the athletes to have the tools to do it uh obviously you know nobody's gonna think any system's perfect there's a lot of people that still aren't happy with this and are still complaining uh, but I think it is a good step, and I'm pretty excited to kind of see how it can benefit college sports as a whole. Also, quick side note, I've came around on the playoff. Bring on 12 teams. Damn right. Thank God. I was I was waiting to hear you say it, but now, now that I hear you say it, thank fucking God. You want to know what swung me? Huh? I heard a take that was like, you know, yeah, you could, you might be able to lose another game in the regular season, but it now not only makes the top eight teams' games matter, it makes like the top 20s teams' games matter. Yes, because you're, if you're at 16 and you win your conference championship game, you might bump up into the top 12. Who knows? Well, and if it's the regular season and you have a 10 versus 14 matchup, that's huge. Yes. Whereas normally, like, yeah, okay, it'll be a good game, but like these the, guys aren't the making teams, the playoff. Yeah, one of the teams will bump up to eight in the national rankings. Yeah, or the 14 will at least squeeze into 12 or 11. So, yeah, I am all in. Yep. Like, I, <laughs> it, as soon as I heard that, it just clicked. Like, what were you thinking? All right, we're going next with Badger basketball, sticking with the NCAA. Um, we had a little bit of Greg Gard news. I am going to leave it to you to talk for a second because I have to go to the bathroom. So you start. Yeah, so I'm sure everybody who is a Badger fan, Badger uh, men's basketball fan, has heard about what happened. Uh, Greg Gard and the seniors had meetings last season uh, just to kind of talk about how they're feeling when they're 
uh, it was either a losing streak or when we were losing a bunch of games. I think it was right around when we got blown out by Michigan uh, to kind of air out how the seniors were feeling. Uh, as everybody who follows the team probably knows, it got pretty heated. You know, players were saying things like, you know, I, I don't think you like saying to guard, I don't think you care about us. I don't feel like we're a family. Uh, pretty much just a lot of negative things that you don't want to have inside your program. Uh, players were saying, you know, you like you got me to come here because you preached about how close we were going to be. And once I graduate, I'm probably never going to come back. College hasn't felt like home. Really just kind of talked about how it's been like a negative environment and really not what you want out of your uh, collegiate athletic experience. Obviously, that got recorded secretly and then recently got uploaded. Nobody's really sure who recorded and uploaded it. Uh, Guard said he was pretty pissed that it got uploaded. Uh, People have ideas of who they think might have uploaded it, whatever. It is weird. Uh, Only Davison is sticking around from that group. Obviously, he was one of those seniors that was pretty vocal about the things he didn't like. I think the biggest issue with this, obviously, you know, but aside from just the potential culture issue, looking at it from just an athletic standpoint, I don't know how that can do anything for recruiting. Because if you just listen to Greg Gard talk about family and how close you're going to be on this team, and then you hear the seniors who have been through it for four years say, yeah, that, that wasn't true. That's not how it goes. That's not how you made us felt. I know if I'm a high school recruit, I am immediately starting to question, like, do I think that's how it's going to go for me? Because if you think it is, you're probably already coming into Wisconsin looking looking around for other options to go, and it just already creates like kind of a bad environment to walk into. And I can I say something real quick? Yeah, I was not sure if you were back, so I was just gonna keep monologuing. Yeah, um, I would like to say that I would almost I'm gonna give it a 93% guarantee that it was Nate Reavers. Has to be. Okay. I, I and it's not only because like you could tell on the court that Nate Reavers did not like the situation he was in. He, I mean, for for three and a half years, Nate Reavers was a starter for Wisconsin basketball because he was good enough. He was he was he was first of all, yeah, he was talented enough, and he fit the system, and he shot threes, and he was able to make moves in the low post. Once that thing, once Micah Potter came in, I'm not I'm not saying Micah Potter's the issue. But once Micah came in, we realized we could be something else. Micah was pretty much a better three-point shooter. He was a better low post player. I think I think Nate Rivers got pissed. And when we started to not start him, that sounds weird. We started to not start Nate Rivers. I think he might have gotten pissed. He's the only one that I can think that actually recorded the 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 conversation. Unless it was like Trevor Anderson who left. Kobe King was already gone. It wouldn't have been Micah Potter or Brad Davison. Who are we thinking about other than Nate Reavers that would have actually leaked that shit? Like, I don't know. It just it just seemed weird to me when I heard the quotes from different players on the uh, on the articles and stuff. It just seemed like it was a hundred percent a Nate Reavers issue. 
not not hundred percent as in like he was the one that brought it up and he dragged all the players, all the seniors in there, but like I feel like he kind of let it. I'm not sure if you got that vibe. Yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't actually I never listened to the full recording. I just read like the transcription of it when it first got released. So I guess I don't have that viewpoint of like being able to kind of hear how they were like the you know emotion behind each individual player. But yeah, I yeah, I would assume it had to be a player. I don't think it would be one of the coaches that were in there. No chance. But yeah, it's just a weird thing to have happened all around. Not sure how this affects guard moving forward. Like if um, you know, how it affects if he's gets put on a hot seat a little quicker or something like that. But yeah, it's gonna one, it's gonna suck that this is gonna be a talking point for the entire next season. Uh, and two, it's gonna suck if this affects recruiting and you know the young guys we can have in that seemed like they're gonna make an impact. If any of them start looking out the door, just kind of a weird thing all around. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna affect. I mean, like it will affect recruiting at some point, and to some extent, but for most of these guys that got that were playing with Greg Gard last season as seniors, were to almost like a more than 50% extent recruited by Greg Gard. Like obviously you have Bo Ryan trying to get everybody he wants to, but in the last two years of Bo Ryan's coach coaching term, he wasn't really recruiting that much. And that's why we struggled with the Charlie Thomas era. Like after we made the two final fours, we struggled a little bit because Bo Ryan didn't feel like recruiting too much after he realized like, Hey, this is going to be my, this is going to be my last run. Frank, Sam, uh, everybody, everybody that played in those final four teams. I feel like Greg guard was the, or for the next round of talent, Greg guard was the recruiter. I don't know how it turned so South so quickly because it seemed like it flipped a switch. And I talked about a switch earlier, but it seemed like it flipped a switch because Nate Reavers, I swear to God, was in love with the way Coach Greg Gard coached, the way he handled every business. It just seemed like such a switch from, hey, you win the Big Ten Championship regular season. You get shut out of COVID, and now everyone has to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. And Reavers realized, hey, Micah might take my spot. I'm That's another sure. interesting part about it is, like, guys talked about how they had a meeting uh, I guess it would have been in the spring of 2020. And, you know, they said the guard kind of fixed those issues. And that's when they went on that run. Yeah. And they came back into this year and everything was back the way it was. Just, yeah, it's just kind of frustrating to be like, damn, like every, we thought everything was going so well at the end of last year. Then COVID yep. hit. Then we were ranked like what, sixth at some point this past we, season? We, we were. Let it be known, going to win the national championship last year. We were. Oh, yeah. No doubts. I And no, nobody can dispute me because it never happened, but we were going well, to. Well, and who was the only simulated champion? Uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, so that's a 20 to hang a banner. We should have hung a fucking banner. Why not? We haven't had a banner since 42. 
Yeah, is anybody going to say we're wrong? <laughs> I mean, yes, they are going to say that. They're going to they're going to say can't prove it. But but you can we can prove the fact that we were the simulated champions. We beat BYU. We were eight versus seven. <laughs> Hang a banner. Hang a fucking banner. Um, anything else, Wisconsin wise? I mean, like we could I I could literally talk about Greg Gard, Wisconsin basketball, anything Wisconsin sports for probably two hours. But I think we should move on. Yeah, I'm good with that. On to uh, that was probably our only five on the scale of one to ten sadness topic. Yes, hundred percent. That was the five. We're all ten or six and up from here. Next up, oh wait, kinda, kinda six and up. I was good. I, as, like... I was the the one you're thinking of is a six. Really? Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. NFL. Um, you start. I'll hop in. All right, so uh, for people that don't know for a while, the NFL has had a one-helmet rule. This is where, a 10. Yeah, this is a 10 for sure, uh, where you couldn't uh, – 10 happiness, right? Not 10. Yes. Okay, yeah. just making sure we're on the same scale. So, so 10 is happy, zero is sad. Uh, definitely a 10. The NFL has had a rule where you could only have one helmet for the entire season. Uh, they said it was for safety reasons. Nobody was really sure why that made sense because you would think that getting a new helmet or a different helmet would be kind of safer because well, it hadn't been beaten yeah, up the, on as much. The new technology? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> but either way, so you can only have one helmet. So if you're going to wear a throwback uniform, had to still wear your main helmet. That's why, like, the Bears would just take off the C sticker. Uh, when the Packers wore their throwbacks, they still had to wear our normal yellow helmet. Um, if the Buccaneers wanted to do a throwback, they had to keep their pewter helmet. They couldn't go with the orange dreamsicle helmet. However, that rule has now been removed. You can now have, I believe it is one extra helmet that you wear during the season. The thing that I, I don't understand this because I'm pretty sure when the Packers wore their blue and gold, they were wearing brown helmets. That was like five or six years ago. No chance. Yeah, this has been like a recent rule. How recent? I will Google it right now. You talk okay. about how awesome it is that it's no longer a thing. I'll Google it. It is awesome. But the thing that I'm pissed about is I think it's happened before. Either way, the Packers, when they wear their blue and gold or they wear their brown pants and whatever jersey they're wearing, it's sick as fuck. Everyone loves the new like the alternate jerseys and the color rushes and everything. The worst is when the color rush doesn't match the helmet because you can't, you couldn't have had the helmet situation because you could only have one helmet. That okay. just stunk. Let me interject. 2013 was when the one helmet rule started. No chance. I, yeah, disagree. I don't know what you want me to say. Okay. But I would, I would like to raise you one. Ty Montgomery wore a blue and gold jersey with the circle. You know, you know what I'm talking about? The circle numbers in the front of the jersey for the Packers. Yeah. They wore brown helmets, guaranteed. They didn't wear green and gold. No chance. There's no, there's no fucking chance that they wore green and gold with the blue and yellow on the old 60s jerseys. The old Acme Pack. Acme Packing Company, there's no way they wore green and gold with that. And I remember Ty Montgomery wearing a fucking 88 jersey. Guaranteed. So they well, might have made might have made an exception. I don't know. 
but I can guarantee. Oh, there wouldn't have been no. He was definitely wearing the yellow helmet. No. What do you mean, no? You're telling me they wore a yellow helmet. That's what I'm telling you. This you're, you're probably crazy. you're probably just thinking of him in like our revamped throwbacks that kind of fit better with a yellow helmet. I'm looking it up right now. You keep talking. I, I just looked it up. No, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. But, yeah, no, this is going to open up a lot of cool opportunities. Uh, like I said, you can get the Buccaneers classic all orange and white with uh, – I forget what they called, the that little uh, pirate dude they had on the side. Uh, it's going to open up the like creamsicles. the Bengals. <laughs> What's that? The creamsicles. Yeah, but they called the Buccaneer on the helmet something. Oh, I don't know that shit. Uh, it's going to open up for the Bengals to wear those white helmets like Phil talked about. Uh, there's going to be a lot of color rush opportunities. And granted, you only get one extra helmet. But if you want to make that a throwback, you can make it a, a complete throwback uniform, which means we might get the old Oilers uniforms back. Those things uh, are sick. If you want to have it be an alternate, you know, that could kind of uh, play into like a team like well, I guess, yeah, the Bengals. You know what's going to be sick? Huh. When the Dolphins make their second helmet, the throwback. Oh, yes. And they could have those complete throwback unis. You know what? Um, I kind of want to kill myself. Why's that? Um, the last time the Packers wore the brown helmets was 2013. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate you. But those brown helmets are sick as fuck. Yes, they are. They're they're sick as fuck. They're not terrible. You know what I noticed over the past couple of years is, first of all, how I guess this is the only point. Aaron Rodgers' helmet is huge when he wears oh, yeah. no, nothing on it. If it's like blank blank yellow helmet, it looks huge. Oh, it's a bobblehead. Yeah, it's awesome. For it's, sure. <laughs> I didn't realize it until like two years ago, and I haven't talked about it until now. But Aaron Rodgers' helmet is the biggest probably in the NFL. Has to be. Who else? Oh, it was uh, because of concussions. Wes Welker had that gigantic helmet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That thing that would, like, make my head look small. <laughs> yep. But anyway, um, glad they can fucking choose the helmets. Is it only one extra? Yeah, you get one extra, and it just has to be the same size, make, and model, which I don't know why it wouldn't be anyway. Yeah. So do you think our Packers are going to go retro, or are they going to go color rush? I think they just go retro. They might just go retro and bring the brown one back, because I don't know what would we do for a color rush, a white one? Yeah, all white. I mean, that could look kind of sick, but I doubt we do it. It would be... Okay, hear me out. Color rush, but on the sides of the helmets, we okay. The helmet is helmet's all white, and then on the side we do the circle gold with the low. You know what I'm talking about with the Acme Packer. Yeah, with with just the number on the side, I think that looks sick as fuck. Yeah, that could look kind of clean. Yeah, so you take the the gold circle from the middle of the 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 blue and gold chest. And you put it on the side of the helmet on a white helmet, that would look so sick. And then would you have green numbers? No, I think you just let the let the numbers be white. Let it be a silhouette type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, no, that could be kind of clean. 
I, I I'm sure we'll probably just go with the Browns and yeah, they're not going to be that again. Cool, but I I hate I hate everybody who hates on the brown and gold jerseys. Those things are sick as fuck. Yeah, I just wish the pants were different. I wish the pants. I'm looking at them now. I wish the pants matched the brown helmet. Like the the pants are like a tannish bronze. Yeah, you're saying and, like if we if if those Packer pants on the throwbacks were like what the what Badgers and Northwestern wore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that a lot more. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that. Oh wait, no, we got to talk about Devontae. Yeah, the, here comes the the six because I don't think it's actually that bad. Yeah, you're talking about that bad is like worrisome, right? Like it doesn't worry me too much. Yeah. So there were rumors of Devontae Adams and Derek Carr talking about teaming back up. They played at San Jose or San Diego. Saying Fresno, Fresno State. God damn, I'm off my game tonight. Uh, they put it friend, uh, fr- <laughs> Fresno, Fresno State, Fresno, 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 um, in college. And they were obviously the best, probably. I'm not sure if it was in college, like during the times, but they were looking back at it, the best quarterback wide receiver tandem in college football had to have been, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I. Like you said, I don't remember off the top of my head who the other top quarterbacks were, but you can definitely look back now and be like, damn, they're both just chilling on the same team. Yep. In a non-Power 5 school. Um, they're Playing talking in the about, Mountain West. Oh, God, fuck that shit. Either way, uh, they're talking about teaming back up. These are rumors, obviously. We're not sure what's happening. There's also a rumor about Devontae signing the biggest wide receiver contract in NFL history with the Packers. So we're 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 speculating a little bit. We're like, ooh, could we trade A-Rod for Derek Carr in a couple of draft picks? Why not? Because A-Rod obviously doesn't play doesn't want to play in Green Bay. We've talked about this multiple times. Would you would you take a trade for Derek Carr, a first round and a fifth for A-Rod? If it if it guarantees that Devontae is going to play here for the next 10 years. Say that again. Okay. You guarantee Devontae is going to play in Green Bay for the next 8 to 10 years. You get Derek Carr a first and a sixth for A-Rod. Uh, a first and a sixth? Yep. Or a fifth. Either one. Do you get rid of A Rod that easily? And it's no. not like easy. That's like a good, like to me, that's a good deal. But also, like, A-Rod's no, I just been, don't think you can do that. A Rod's been my entire life for the past sixteen years, so it's like, ah, yeah, I gotta get a little bit more out of that. What are you taking for it then? At least a third. So you're going. Like, I want two, like, valuable picks along with Derek Carr. Because I think if you take Derek Carr out of it, you're looking at, like, three, four valuable picks. Yeah. I mean, I would I would have to, like, look at, obviously, Derek Carr's contract and shit. But, like. Well, yeah, and obviously this is all off the cuff. To backtrack a little bit, yeah, I think the only other QB receiver potential tandem there could have been this was also Taj Boyd's draft class. I think he had Sammy Watkins, correct? Yes. 
So, yeah, I guess that could be the only other arguable one. Uh, maybe Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans, but I don't know if, you know, I it, I guess it depends on if we want to look yeah. at NFL career or college career. I, th- I think I think if we're looking back at NFL career, these are probably the two best. Oh, um, yeah, if we're just looking at NFL, yeah. then it's by Obvi- far. Obviously, Johnny Johnny didn't, didn't last long. No, um, well, and uh, Taj Boyd, I don't think, has played an NFL snap. No chance. Uh, maybe two. Uh, maybe him, two. I'll give him two snaps. <laughs> I'll, give him, I'll give him two snaps. But, um, I mean, like, I don't want Derek Carr to be my quarterback. I want Aaron Rodgers for the next four years. But if it happens, it's not going to happen. It, these are all rumors. These are all, like, oh, they were roommates or they were they were hanging out in college, so they're definitely talking right now about being teammates. Nobody has any fucking idea. Yeah, like. we all want, We all want Aaron back. That's the name of the game. We want Aaron back. Oh, absolutely. Uh, right. I am looking at it. I am not sure that Taj Boyd did play a single snap. Really? You I'm know, on pro football reference, and it just doesn't have any stat boxes. You, you know who played more NFL quarterback snaps than Taj Boyd? Who? Logan Thomas, who plays tight end. Yeah, that's tough. Do man. you remember him with fucking Virginia Tech? Uh, was wait, what year was he drafted? He was drafted like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. He was sick as fuck. Yeah, at, at Virginia yeah, Tech, he's a big dude. I think he was wearing like number seven at Virginia Tech, and he they would run the read option, and people couldn't tackle him, so he'd just run. Yeah, and like he's six six, uh, two forty eight currently. <laughs> Is he two forty eight right now? Yeah. Well, and then another one says 260, so somewhere in there. That was awesome. Yeah. Also, can we talk about um, Virginia Tech thinks they have the best uh, tradition in college football? Just because just, just because they played Sandman. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be willing to go that far, but it's That's probably bold. one of the most electric. It's one it's- of my favorite. I don't know if it's like the best. It's the most electric when they have a night game, but they play it every game when they walk out. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, like, I think if Virginia Tech is playing Clemson night game at Virginia Tech, and they play Sandman to start the game with the with the warm up or with the team coming out of everything, I think that's probably a top five. But if you're playing like they do, if you're playing that every single game when the team comes out, I'm like, eh. Not as great. Well, it's also pretty cool in like college game days there, and you get to see like the entire walk that they make into the stadium. Yeah, but that's like a, they're just walking like on campus with nobody around. That's the same thing with Clemson, though. Like, not really, but like they hop off the bus because I don't. Do they hop off the bus? They're walking to the concourse or whatever with Clemson, and they go and touch that fucking rock. I think that's sick as fuck. But like. Most I don't know time. how more dudes don't get hurt running down that hill. Holy shit, that's steep as hell. I that would be busting an ankle shit. every single time. Oh, I would fall on my face every single well, time. And they're like jumping where it drops off, so they're getting yeah. like four feet of air. I'm like, what the fuck? How are you guys doing this shit? Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> get it. Dabo needs to stay in good health for a long time because otherwise he's tumbling. Did you see that? What? Yeah, it was just a fucking article from like two years ago that said, Davo Sweeney will quit coaching if players get paid in college. 
So after the NIL got signed, everyone's been bringing up like, hey, Dabo's going to quit troll hot job. Hot seat. Hot seat, cool throne. Dabo Sweeney, hot seat for sure. Cool throne, college athletes. Yes. Cool throne, NASCAR, because it's the greatest sport in the entire what world. A tra- what a transition. Everyone clap for Phil. Everyone clap for Phil. NASCAR might be the greatest sport in the entire world, but Whitey's going to talk about it because – I have not been watching too much. Yeah, well, so I'll fill you in on what you missed for all our avid NASCAR oh, fans yeah. out there. Oh, don't worry. You don't have to fill me in because I just checked the ESPN shit. Yeah, but, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So uh, Kyle Larson's run that he has been on, kind of over. Um, so they raced at Pocono this past weekend, had a doubleheader uh, on Saturday's race. He was leading and then blew a tire and finished seventh. And on Sunday's race, he finished second. So he's not like doing bad and he almost <laughs> won again. I love I love that Kyle Larson taking seventh and second in a weekend is like, eh, he's not up to form. Like this isn't what we expect from him. Right. Like, That's and what's funny part. is like he should have won on Saturday if he didn't blow a tire. Yeah. So, yeah, he is currently the best driver in the sport. Uh, Some other noteworthy news. Our uh, very sarcastic favorite driver, Brad Keselowski. Fuck that kid. Is now going to leave the team he is currently with and become a co-owner slash driver with Roush Fenway. For people who maybe don't follow NASCAR but knew who Matt Kenseth was, uh, that's the same team he raced for at the beginning of his career. Was that not surprising to you? Because it was super surprising to me. Oh, yeah. Very surprising to me. Like, like I figured he would, would just he ride it there? out with Penske for a I, long time. It made no It seemed like he was content. They were winning races. Like, he's been a top, ten, he's been a top five NASCAR driver for the past 10 years. And Penske's been everything he wanted and more. Like, what are you, why are you leaving? Yeah, the only thing I could see is, you know, he's kind of getting older, hasn't been winning quite as much, and Penske kind of has some guys, some young, has a young driver kind of in the pipeline that they've already said will race for Penske. So between him, Logano, and my guy Blaney, uh, one of them was going to be the odd man out. Maybe he was getting worried it was him, and now he's got an opportunity to be a co-owner. I think this might have been a legacy move for him. Yeah, yeah, that's that very well could have been. I, 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 I mean, I've been listening to a lot of part of my take lately. They've been talking about legacy games and everything about playoff P and shit like that. It's funny as shit, but for real though, legacy move for Kozlowski because once you realize the the biggest part about being a pro athlete is being self aware and knowing when you have to hang up the cleats hang up the fucking boots, whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he did this time because, like, he's he's been around NASCAR and racing. I mean, most NASCAR racers are around racing their entire life, but it just feels like in the spotlight, it's been Keselowski since start of NASCAR to finish with NASCAR. I'm not sure when his finish is going to be, but the second he got to the Cup Series, it's like, oh, shit, this dude's the next big deal. So I feel like... It might have been just like not too much, but it's been so long that he's been there. 
Well, yeah, and you also look, you know, talk about legacy. I always think of a guy who was my favorite driver growing up, Tony Stewart, and how much his legacy got boosted once he uh, co-owned a team yep. and then won a championship driving for his own team. You know, people are talking about what Denny Hamlin could do as an owner. Um, yeah, it's definitely kind of one of those, like, it, it definitely helps you stay relevant uh, in the sport. You know, Jeff Gordon, who was a commentator, is stepping away to be a big part, pretty much be like the vice president of Hendrick Motorsports, yeah, uh, where he raced the 24 car. Yeah, definitely an interesting move. I was definitely surprised. Uh, if I would have been able to pick a team, this would have happened with probably wouldn't have went with Roush. No chance, no chance. And it'll also, yeah, it's just NASCAR is kind of cool in the sense that like they're kind of always in free agency. Yeah. Like you'll get guys that sign multi-year contracts, but it's a lot of like, all right, we'll extend them to, for next year. And like at the end of the year, it's like, all right, what's going to happen? Cause there's new teams that pop up and buy, you know, spots in the field and, it's just kind of cool to see like how everything shakes out. Uh, there's been a few moves like that, and it's just kind of a little interesting twist on a sport where you don't really think of like a free agency. Yeah. Um, the thing that always has like confused me and not really confused, but like been a little bit different to me is you being it. Not you being a Tony Stewart fan, but it was always like I had never heard anything else other than being a first of all Matt Kenseth fan everyone's a Matt Kenseth fan if you're from Wisconsin mm -hmm. but like my two guys were Jeff Gordon and Matt Kenseth I always just thought like nobody liked anybody but Jeff Gordon throughout NASCAR like I thought Jeff Gordon was the greatest dude ever and I've heard you talk about uh Stewart for the last year and a half or whatever it is um and it's just always weird that Tony was your first like like your choice in national brand you know it's it's just weird to me because like i always thought of the the blue or the the red flames on the blue and yellow car for for fucking uh dupont dupont and it was oh yeah it was so iconic that i i just find it funny that that you were uh you were a steward guy yeah you know i don't really know what it was uh, I just like as far back as I can remember, like watching races with my dad, Tony Stewart was always my guy and Matt Kenseth, too. Um, but yeah, Tony Stewart was always my guy. Probably one of the coolest things when I was a kid is, you know, Madison International Speedway, the race yeah, track between sense, Stone yeah. and Oregon. Matt Kenseth would always come back during the summer and race yep. that. And a few times he brought Tony Stewart with him. Yep. And that, that was yeah. probably like the coolest thing for me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I like, get to see some cup series guys. Yeah, and like my two favorite guys, like in my hometown, and then just like watching them go back to their car hauler and take off because they're racing in Chicago in two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, do we have not not to end on like a cut the cut the beat off, but do we have anything else for the episode? No, no, I think that's it. It's probably the uh, latest we've ever finished an episode. I am tired of shit right now, and I have to work in fucking five and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's going to suck, but I appreciate the <laughs> uh, the hustle. Oh, of course. Um, once again, uh, not, not once again, but uh, apologies. I did not get the T-shirts done. I know you guys have been waiting on them, but I did not get them done. I have not finished all the the 
Teespring edits or whatever you want to call them. I'm trying to make them perfect because I know once they come out, I'm going to be wearing them 24 seven. So I'm going to try and make them as good as I can. Um, so no t-shirts yet. I know, I, I know I promised them on episode 50, but they will be out soon. We'll let you guys know. Yeah. Um, uh, let me just say this, you know, for those of you that, uh, you know, we probably know you and you listen to all these episodes. Would you, would you rather have us any other way? Exactly. Like th- th- this is the way we are. We're, we're, we're this way. You have to accept us all. We, what, we, what, we, what do the people say? Welcome to the shit show. Welcome to the fucking shit show. That's us. A hundred percent. We're going to get them out. Trust hey, you us. know what? Uh, not to take your line, but to kind of build upon it. I, I was thinking the other day when I was driving, if like everybody think about if everybody in the world got their grandma to listen to this podcast. Yep. We could do this thing full time immediately, <laughs> be cranking out multiple episodes a week, have constant merch oh, going out. Every, everybody's grandmas. All we need is everybody's grandma to listen consistently. Damn right. Also, I would like to, um, it doesn't really relate, but let it be known that um, I would rather make a fire shirt than go three and six on the shirt because you can't get rich going three and six. You can't, yeah, you can't get rich going three and six. Exactly. That's how we're going to fucking end the episode. Tell your grandma to listen. Make us go fucking bazonkers on the grandma mode. Because that would be sick as fuck. If grandmas listen to us, that would be so fucking awesome. Oh, absolutely. I like. I don't know if you could pick a better demographic. Not at all. Not even the fucking German kid that listens to us. Yeah, but 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 <laughs> shout out that dude. Shout out that dude. All right, that's episode fifty-one of Catching a Buzz. We appreciate you listening to us. It's been awesome. Um, I'm sorry. This is the first episode in probably two weeks or whatever it is. But um, <laughs> once again. We're trying to get it more regular. It's tough right now. We got different shit going on between both me and Jake Whitey. But uh, once we get once we get into a rhythm, I swear to God, we're gonna stay that way for a long time. Yeah, not uh, gonna sugarcoat it. The month of August will be tough to be in a rhythm, but we'll keep pushing. And before long, yeah, back in a back in a rhythm like when we started. Yep. All right. Horses listen. Dogs listen. Cats listen. Every kind of pet you got. Grandmas listen. You guys listen. Appreciate it. We'll see you later. Peace out.